three, four. The common counterpart. Welcome back to The Common Counterpart. Who are you? I'm Josh. I want to let you go first. You, you always act like it's your show. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I monopolize a lot of things, and I'm, I'm, trying, to be, um, I'm trying to be more kind. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm a good number two. Well, J comes before M, so if we're going automatic, you would come first. Right, but so, in the world, MJ makes, more sense. makes a lot more sense. Right. So I'm Mark. Yeah. And I'm going to be the sidekick today. You say that. I know. But you never are. It's because I, I, I try and base it on theme. And if we're going to go something a little more science-y, I feel like I should try and stay in my lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also I, I still try and monopolize even the <laughs> science conversations when I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Clearly. But we're going to try it again. Good. And we're going to see how it goes today. <laughs> I want to first of all thank everybody who tuned in last week and listened to our Q&A. Got a lot of great responses online, so thank you all. If you are not connected to our Instagram, uh, please do so. I feel like you'll have a good time. We are at The Common Counterpart. Um, Every week we post an episode um, image that's relevant to what we're talking about, and then also we post our wisdom of the week there as well. Uh, And we love hearing from our fans. So hit us up, DMs, whatever you want to hear, things you want us to talk about. We are an open digital book. Yeah. And, and for those of you who don't do social media, uh, there is a small group of people who meet in the Starbucks in the Vaughn's Shopping Center at Shepherd and Cedar every other Thursday morning. Not true. Please don't, <laughs> please don't go there. Don't do that to the Vaughn's or the Starbucks that's in there. Am I the only person who doesn't do social media? Probably. Okay. I was hoping you were going to give like a P.O. box. <laughs> Like, remember in the 90s, they'd be like, you write to us at P.O. Box. They still, they, we still do P.O. Boxes. First of all, nobody does USPS anymore. They are floundering as we they, speak. They are the Amtrak of, They're of, dead. of shipping. Uh, but yeah, he used to write into P.O. Boxes. So mm-hmm. if you want to get in contact with Josh, send a carrier pigeon, and it will eventually get to him. Smoke signals. <laughs> yeah. Smoke signals. Yes. But we had a couple of suggestions for what we should call our followers after we asked last week, and a couple of you guys chimed in. And I think the one that I really like is the commoners. Yeah, you were sharing that with me. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> well, I, I dislike all the divisiveness in the world right now. It's all about what's different. And so I love the idea that here you and I are talking about all of the things that make us common, common solutions, common problems, common experiences, and we're just, we're all commoners. And it's kind of like a funny slight dig, right? A little bit. At just the idea that yeah. we're better than everybody else? Yeah. I kind of admitted that part. But the commoners would be lowly people. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're the, but we, they're not the bourgeoisie. But we know we're better. Yeah, I mean, there are yeah. levels, yeah. you know, but I think I'm into it. So we're going to go with the commoners. commoners. So shout out to our commoners. Yeah. And shout out to everybody that gave suggestions. Yeah. Love it. Uh, we are following up with our little teaser from last week. I mm-hmm. said we were going offshore. You said, and then you made a ridiculous seagull impersonation. I felt like it was still pretty good. I might go try out for Disney. Uh, but we are. We're going to yeah. go offshore today. Now, before we get into the actual topic, I want to um, kind of bring to light something that we share in common, and that is that we both love documentaries. Yeah. I mean... Borderline obsessive. I would rather watch 
I would rather binge a documentaries than anything else out there. I feel like I, I that's my go-to now. When I mm-hmm. go on to Netflix or Hulu or Amazon, and I almost do this weekly as like like a, a like a purging of like, <laughs> let me just double check to make sure nothing is new. Right. And I automatically go to the documentary section. I feel like that is so old man of me. But aren't documentaries cool now? They are becoming more cool. And they're becoming more of a, um, oh, if you haven't seen that, then you yeah. must not care about blank. Right. Right? But I kind of view it as sort of the AM radio of the oh day or the talk radio. Right? Do you? I, I mean, maybe you did I, or your parents did. I still do. But when you got into a car with an adult and they had talk radio on, it just seemed like their life was over. Like there was just nothing left. It's like you you have lost all joy and f- you're a fun sucker and you want to listen to people talk. By the way, uh, you are quoting both my daughters. Isn't it not true? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so weird that you, I, I always vowed to myself, I would never be that guy. I, I would never be that guy. Music till I die, right? Yeah. Punk rock. And now I find myself so excited to drive to listen to a podcast. That's what I was going to mention because your daughters hate they podcasts. Hate them. They yeah. hate the podcast. As soon as I, they're like, we got to listen to something else, anything else. But I do feel like documentaries are kind of the same thing. You know, everyone's binging like HBO. What is it, HBO Now? HBO Plus? I don't, I don't get HBO it. HBO Max. Yeah. Whatever the new thing is, right, that they're all on or they're, you know, you're watching the new show, you know, you or Euphoria or all these like super intense, everything is so off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. No such thing as like regular TV. It's right. got to be ecstasy filled whatever. Right. And, and I'm, I'm like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I just want to learn. Yeah. So that's something that we share. And so we're always like, hey, have you seen the new doc? Hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you seen this? Yeah. And we recently both watched one. Well, you watched it first. Okay. Thank you. You watched it first. Not only did I watch it first, but I recommended it to Mark. It was also in the Netflix top 10, so I feel like I was just going to get to it eventually. Right. But for those of you who know Mark, you former students, you know how badly he needs to be the alpha. If I'm not the alpha, it's not cool. Right. Well. So we both watched Seaspiracy. Yes. Now, as fans of documentaries just in general, have you noticed... Um, sort of a shift. Like, if I'm comparing the generational type of documentaries, we had like Ken Burns, right? Who did mm-hmm. like Civil War. Yeah. Who did baseball? Who did all of these specials? Now they were 19 hours long and they were so boring. On, on PBS, right? On PBS, yeah. yeah. But they were good, mm-hmm. but they were boring. These today seem to have one goal and that is to spark an emotional reaction. Right. Where that has become number one. Well, and then I also like this idea of infotainment, where Ooh, we are gonna, I like that. Yeah, we're going to entertain you while we share co- real content. Yeah, um, but some, the, but I think the I think in a way almost like the content is secondary to the well, and the production is so much better. Production has to be on point. Yeah, if if, if you are doing the old school Ken Burns style, which was like. You know, that was literally like a transition style on the old iMovie. I don't know if you ever had, ever had iMovie. No. But there was a transition. You know, like on um, PowerPoint, you can do different types of transitions where the right. slides would come in differently. On iMovie, they had one called the Ken Burns effect. <laughs> so like legit, the dude owns the idea of like slowly panning over a photo as it moved. Okay. Right? Because there were no motion pictures. And so like Civil War photos would be going and it almost seemed like they were moving. 
so embarrassing. Uh, but that you have to have good footage. Right. You just have to. And we both know and have talked about before the fact that you can get you can find facts to back up anything you want. Right. You you can paint a picture with the same statistics one way or another based on how you present them. And I am a big fan of watching documentaries, but then also watching or reading the rebuttal of documentaries. Yeah, and I don't normally do that only because if if I'm even five, ten minutes into it and I'm thinking maybe I don't want to watch this anymore, I just I just turn it off. But you consume it and then you can even digest the pro and the con. Well, I take it all in because I do want to get their side, but it, it's just that. It's their, it's their perspective, right? I, uh-huh. I, a documentary is, is a visual version of some guy saying, hey, have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. And it's just one guy. Mm-hmm. Now, he's pulling stuff, if he's good, from a lot of different sources that are reputable. But at the same time, it's one side of something. Mm-hmm. And I really saw this a lot when I, I'm... Um, any, any type of fitness documentary, nutrition documentary, mm-hmm. right? These guys are the worst. The nutrition zealots trying to get you to go, you know, all meat or no meat or you got to go vegan or game changers or, yeah. you know, what the health or whatever they may be, right, are always picking and, and cherry picking their information. So when I watched Seaspiracy, I was like, here we go. Here come all of the turtle savers mm-hmm. and, 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 and here comes just so far left, it's going to be insane. Right? right. That that was that was what I kind of thought going into it. What was your sort of pre idea of what you were going to watch? Well, uh, I anticipated sort of a environmentalism sort of thing, where you know, save the turtles, save the fish. This is your wheelhouse, right? You live yeah. in this. Well, yeah, and I, I enjoyed the, the the science and the policy behind it, and, and even the culture. I mean, there are cultures around the world who who who, who historically have fished, right? And who love the ocean. I mean, they yeah. worship the ocean. It's uh, their whole life, right? Uh, but the moment I started watching this thing, I liked a little bit of his sort of vigilantism. It's a little bit, a little bit kind of unpolished, right? And there were some some scenes. And for those of you guys who who might watch it, you know, he's 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 being videotaped by somebody documenting his recording of somebody doing something illegal around the corner. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, this guy is about 20 feet away from this perpetrator who is illegally fishing. <laughs> So you've got the guy doing the illegal fishing, and then you've got this documentary guy, I forget his name, 20 feet away around the corner, and then he's being filmed by the other documentary. And it's, there are times it seemed a little staged. That's what, that's what I was going to say, right? You can, a good angle and yeah. good lighting, and you can make, I mean, at, at some points, I literally felt like he was near the Yakuza. <laughs> like, like he's like in the same spot as like right. these gangsters that are about ready to go off. Well, and there were a couple times they said, can you turn the camera off? But the, the music got real ominous. Yeah. And then like the audio kept going, but they turned the camera off. I'm like, I'm... and it was just some guy who was going home for the night. And... Yeah, but pretty good. But what we wanted to talk about in sort of leading off of that is the idea of pollution Absolutely. In, in the ocean. Right. And the, the ocean, I think, is so misunderstood. And, and, and so minimized because all we see is the beach. Right. That's it. The intertidal zone. Ooh. Us science people call it. Yeah. I'll define by definitions. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's where the tide comes in and out. But that's all most people see. That's it. I mean, you think about, well, you know, what about people who go on cruises? Well, you're talking about a tiny percentage of the population. But nobody's looking out. And what are you doing? You're right? What are you in. looking at? You're looking at blue. Well, you're also going to the bar. And, yeah. You're and, mini, and, go- mini and, golfing on the top. What's and, the boat? 
game. Uh, shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. Playing yeah. some shuffleboard. Yeah, and I think that you don't quite understand what happens underneath. Well, and it's a lot of people will tell you it's it's the last frontier in regards to biology, chemistry, physics. I mean, we have found critters down there that make no earthly sense who live. You know when you swam to the bottom of the pool when you were a little kid and you could feel that pressure in your ear? No? I get that at about two and a half feet. Okay. Just so we're aware. And so I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but that pressure in your ear is the weight of the water pushing down on your body. And because of your eardrums, you can really sense the pressure there. So can you imagine critters being two miles deep and what their tissue and cellular makeup would have to be like to endure pressure like that. We have to engineer subs to go that deep. Oh, they're aliens. Right. They're alien critters. They're aliens. And so uh, there's a whole part of the ocean way out in the middle that we never see unless you pay millions of dollars to let somebody go out there and do the documentary. I will say, however, indigenous native people know how to fish those waters. And so... Uh, the only real good reason to go out there was to fish. And um, now that we've got more people fishing, we've got a larger population, we've got too many people fishing. And one of the things is you mentioned pollution, right? We, when we talk about water pollution and, 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 and ocean pollution, we're told about plastic bags and cigarette butts and, and that sort of thing. But I was surprised to find out that the majority of ocean pollution is fishing gear. There's a lot. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's one of the, the main points, right? So, I mean, I guess I would highly recommend that y'all go watch Seaspiracy mm-hmm. um, if you haven't yet before you listen to this podcast because we're going to talk about a couple of the claims and the things that they did, right. but really just talk about it in general. But if you're listening, just keep listening. Don't turn us off. Yeah. And then you can go watch Seaspiracy later. Yeah, and then listen to us again. You don't want to ruin a good thing. Yeah, for sure. It's the vibe. Uh, when we think about... You know, the ocean and, and the unknown of everything that's happening there, they, they do say it, it's very, and this is why I have a problem with space. And we've talked about this before. And I'm not going to go to space. I'm not going to do that. You have a problem with space. I do. I have I, a problem with gravity. I really do have a problem <laughs> with space because we spend so much money. I say we. People are spending uh-huh. so much money trying to go out and figure these things out. And we don't even know, like, what's in our backyard. But, like, we haven't figured that out yet. But just so you know, I mean, space travel gave you Velcro. It gave you the microwave. It gave you the ballpoint pen. Wow. You've got Velcro. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that information? Okay. I think we would have figured it out if we would have went deep. I want to know what's down there. I think. Actually, I might not want to know. Yeah. You know, so I think it, it's alien. Well, it is. And didn't, like, when you were a kid, imagine that the ocean just kind of, like, dropped off and was like a square box? I never thought that. Oh, I, okay. Well, I'm stupid. So I thought that. So I thought there was just a flat bottom. Like, right. you got to the bottom and you could literally kind of walk, right? Lo and yes. behold, you see like that very first like topography map that has mm-hmm. like the ridges on it when you're in like second grade and you realize that there's mountains in the ocean. Right. And it's not completely even. Like right. that was mind blowing. Well, and the fact that there weren't sea monkeys or mermaids or Aquaman uh, down there either. You don't know that because we haven't been down there. Do you guys still teach Atlantis in the geography classes? We, I do not teach okay. about Atlantis. Okay. No. But when I think about what Seaspiracy did, it... It plays on this notion. There's no doubt right now that plastics is is hot. Oh, right? yeah. That's the hot button issue. And you had brought it up even before I watched the documentary, this idea of hashtag sustainable. Yeah. And, and hashtag sustainable is the new buy one, give one. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Remember all of those, you know, Tom's shoes and beyond. Everyone has a social mission. You buy one of you buy the Bomba socks, we're gonna give mm-hmm. a pair to somebody else. And and we'd already kind of gone over why that's such an issue mm-hmm. for local economies. But now with this whole movement, and it's funny that I can kind of peg it on Starbucks. Like that's where my mind automatically goes. Explain. This idea of like they were so hot on the marketing for no no more straws. They right. were so huge on this idea that we're changing our cups, that mm-hmm. we're doing all of these different things. It's like a sippy cup now. It is like a sippy cup. Okay. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. It, you know. But when I, it's funny that I can, there are so many organizations that were involved. There were so many people that were pushing mm-hmm. this. There was so many agendas that were coming out. And it's funny that I automatically, my brain goes Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's just such a global brand and a global idea that when they said that they were getting rid of the straws, first of all, people lost their mind. Yeah. And it was all over social media like they took away your freedom. Right. Right? And hashtag sustainable. Mm-hmm. They caught a lot of um, good publicity like, man, you're doing your part. You know, Starbucks is a huge company. You're saving the world. You're doing this. You're doing that. And in the video, they referenced this idea of like, if you remember, like one of the, you know, trendy things was like the Visco girls. And it was like, save the turtles. And What's like, a Visco? Yeah. It's like a, it's an app for photos. And the girls, they have the... You know, they have the scrunchies on and the hydro flask. Don't, you don't do the internet. I, I don't, I know, live, in, I don't at, live in your world. You work at a high school. This is who the girls were. Oversized t-shirts, hydro flask, look like they just got out of bed, slip on vans, the whole thing. Okay. Whatever. So this idea of like the turtle thing, I was, and they show it in the video and I was like, you know what? Let me see what's happening here. Everybody loves turtles. Mm-hmm. People get very hot and bothered, especially when you think about animals. And I blame Disney for this. I'm... Uh- We'll totally. go there. I promise totally. we'll go there. We have totally. it planned for an episode. Okay. And you think about, you know, the turtle issue. And so I was like, let me look up turtle straw. And I want to see the top videos on YouTube. Yeah. And I was surprised at the top three videos. It's the same turtle, by the way. So this has been posted by three different people. Like okay. three different. Different angles? Or no, just... Yeah, different angles. And then like, I think it's the same turtle, I guess. I didn't catch his name. But um, T- Please don't tell me it's Crush. <laughs> I know. It's not Crush. So 79 million. 41 million and 27 million. Seven, four, and two. Almost 150 million people have watched these videos of this turtle. And it's really sad. I mean, the turtle is getting the, the straw, straw like pulled out of his but nose. How do we know that somebody didn't put the straw there? Hey, listen, I hear you. To get a video. We also have Photoshop. <laughs> I don't really know what's happening, but I know that that's a thing. And it makes for an easy culprit. Yeah. We don't need straws. Technically. No, we don't. It's it's something that's really easy to go after. But with how much attention it got and how much everybody cared, you would think that there was a straw sticking out of every single turtle's nose that ever existed ever. Right. And it's it's not I'm not saying it's not a problem, but I am saying it's not the problem. Well, and <clears throat> we're not looking at plastic bottles. We're not looking at plastic cups. What about the plastic wrapper the straw came in? We, you're right. We we villainized one thing, and people feel good when they villainize the one thing. It's like these. No, they feel good when they villainize the one thing that they could get behind. And and they're on board with all the other people in their group think that now straws are the devil, which is crazy because once COVID rolled around, guess what your server was bringing to every table? Every, so much plastic. <laughs> so much right. And and I don't know if you've looked into it. I I haven't had a chance to. I, I've seen some really 
primary statistics on how many masks are already in the ocean. I saw three and a half million. It, it would make sense. It would have to probably be higher than that, though, I would venture, with, with well, this many billions of people. Yeah, so we're approaching eight billion people, yeah. and anybody in the developing and developed world has been told you have to wear one. Yeah, so I'm sure it's going to be high. But I, mm -hmm. what, what I, I am interested in the worst way possible because these are no way awesome statistics. The amount of, and, and they, they bring it up in the video, single serve plastics yes. is huge. And it's, it's, so it's wrappers. It's, it's uh, um, you know, everything chip, that's chip one bags. and done. Everything that's one and done. Yeah, a water bottle, water bottle cap, uh, tampon applicators. Uh, and then you've got things like solo cups. Mm -hmm. um, and people think just because it's plastic, if you put it in the right bin, it's recyclable. What they don't realize is that in most municipals, you know, you know, the, the, the trash collectors, they look inside that giant recycling trash truck, and if they can identify that more than a certain percentage of this trash is not recyclable, they can't recycle it. So, you know, when you throw that bleach bottle into the recycling bin, you can't recycle a bleach bottle. When you they, can't recycle most things. No, no. In fact, I even printed out some of the, 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 the plastics and um, there's one, two, three, there's like seven different plastics. I had just heard that you can't even do like pizza boxes. No. and Because, that, it, because it's got grease on it right. now or, but, or ink. But that's number one. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone's throwing those in there. Yeah. And, and pff, you know, shout out to the people that, you know, fill up their gray. And so they throw everything in their blue <laughs> because it's the only trash can they have left. Yeah. So people feel like they're doing a good thing by recycling. And maybe they're trying, and maybe they are honestly thinking that they, they're, but, we don't do a good job of educating people on but, what is recyclable or not. Let's be honest. That no, little don't. symbol on the top of the trash can does not give you any info. But nobody wants you to educate them oh, on recycling. Oh, tinfoil hat coming out early. <laughs> I'm, t I'm telling you, I understand the premise. It doesn't make any sense. Well, when you hear things like that, I guarantee people right now are like, have no idea that that's a thing. They feel like yeah. they're doing a good job. I mean, right. but so you've, you've mentioned this a couple different times. Hashtag sustainability. People want to feel like they're doing the right thing. And so they walk out to their trash and like, oh, wow, I've got a greasy pizza box. I'm going to throw it in the recycling bin. I did my part. Not realizing that that can't be recycled. And now it's entirely possible that all of the, all the stuff in the recycling bin won't even make it to a recycling center because it has to now be put in a landfill. And and, and and to be fair, this is one thing that the United States is probably one of the worst at in terms of developing countries. The fact that we have one recyclable bin, at least in our town. Right. You go to areas like in Europe and there are there are seven different bins. And people take a lot of pride in that. And and, and that and they are probably doing more good than harm. I would think so. I mean, because you're, you are separating glass, and glass is one of the most sustainable products that we have. It's also very energy intense to collect and then recycle. And then also to ship, yeah. right? Now, so, so you have to find your, your, your mix there. There's a reason why we switch from glass to aluminum cans. Right, but the other thing too about, and, it, and I, I want to make sure that we, we find time to get to the ocean, that when people have glass in their hand or metal, it's a substantial material. Right? It, it's, yeah. it's metal, it's glass, there's some density to it. Everybody thinks of plastic as disposable. So one-time use, the, 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 the spork at Taco Bell. I know, don't, I, I, don't know go there. I saw it. You guys, I wish you guys could have seen the look on his face. I'm when still I said, hot. <laughs> I'm still hot. I had some fans right in there still hot too. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I talked to a student and he, the moment I said Taco Bell, he goes, I won't eat there anymore. I love that guy. <laughs> shout out to him. I'll, I'll introduce you to yeah. him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Daniel, if you're listening, shout out to you. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, the, the plastics can't be recycled. 
And when we think about the ocean, um, I don't think anyone's intentionally dumping trash in the ocean. At one time we did. Um, well, it can't, you know, can't, can't see it, can't care about it. Yeah. But, I mean, there was a time, literally, and I, I really despise using the word literally too much, but I do mean literally, ocean cities would load up barges, go out to the ocean, dump it, come on back. But you're looking at maybe one and a half billion people on the planet. Maybe that wasn't going to be a terrible thing. Now we've got gigatons of plastic in the ocean. And for those of you who haven't really considered this, plastic is designed to last a very, very long time. So we call it persistent. And plastic doesn't really break down chemically the way when you eat a cheeseburger and you metabolize that and you can make it into muscle and bone and energy. When, when plastic breaks down after hundreds of years, it just breaks down into small pieces. Shout out to the microplastics out there. Oh, by the way. I'm learning science terms, uh, guys. You're also, uh, most of us have microplastic in us now. It makes total sense. Right. Especially when you watch that doc and you see how small it is mm -hmm. and you see how long it's been there mm -hmm. and you just realize that it's it's almost impossible at this point. Right. Right. To get rid of it. And it, what the, one of the things that they mentioned in the video is how hard it's going to be to collect. Like, like, what are you supposed to do? Well, and so uh, not, not wanting to ruin the documentary, but you and I have read articles and seen YouTube videos and that sort of thing. And, and a lot of times people try to come up with a positive spin. Like, hey, guys, we can fix this. Plant a tree. <laughs> stop buying once, you know, first one-use plastic items. But there is a kind of – there's a kind of like an Elon Musk guy out there who is – coming up with some pretty cool technology to get the plastic out of the ocean. Um, it's just going to take time. There are people, and, you know, we have very impressive, innovative engineers. And I don't know if this is the same guy. I don't think it is. This, the guy who built the huge net. Yeah, that's The huge U-shaped net in Alameda. Wait. He's up in Alameda, and he built, like, this huge piping. Well, I've got a guy, Boyan Slat. Shout out to Bullion. Bo Bo I don't think it's Bullion. It's not soup. I don't even get that <laughs> reference. I'm not a soup guy. You don't know what Bullion is? No. <laughs> it's the little chicken and beef cubes that you would you would use to, to cook. Oh, that's right. You, you're not a soup guy. I'm not a soup I guy. I forgot I that. hate soup. Soup, stew is not my thing. They, anyway, there are people out there that are doing great things. Uh -huh. and, and the idea is we're going to have to stop. Now, this brings us back to when we were talking about the rainforest mm -hmm. and how much the ocean is responsible. And I found 93% of the carbon dioxide is coming from the ocean or, 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 or sorry, being absorbed by the ocean. Yeah. Huge difference. Yeah. 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 Facts or fiction? Uh, I would, it seems kind of high, but that I would definitely say at least 80, 70, 80% of it. So huge deal, right? We talked about this idea, save the ocean, save the world. Right. Not save the rainforest. No. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's like I, I equate it all to a spider web. Um, the, the rainforest has its uh, importance to that region and, and to the world. But the, what we forget is that we need to breathe oxygen. And there aren't, there's not enough available land to grow enough plants to make enough oxygen for 8 billion people, including animals. 
the ocean is chock full of algae and phytoplankton, and you can't really see them, but they're there. I think that's the part that people don't, that the reason why people can't get behind a lot of this stuff is you just can't actually see it. Right. It, it's always been out of sight, out of mind. We brought this up with Africa. And yep. a lot of these have and, and, and have crimes. Not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah. And homelessness. People are like, that's not a problem. I'm yeah. like, really? yeah, maybe not yeah. for you. Yeah. Not where I live. It's not right. a problem. And in the ocean, no one, it's so vast. Yeah. And as we were looking even at things, and I, w- I want to get your thoughts on the um, Pacific Garbage Patch. Right. Um, if you can't see it, mm-hmm. which none of us can. Mm-hmm then we don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. Right. Well, and, and it will get to a point, kind of like all the other environmental issues. The big concern about the plastic um, is not that it's way out there in the middle of the ocean. It's that we are so much more connected to the ocean than we realize. So the plastic is sitting out there, breaking down physically, and breaking down maybe a little bit chemically. And we've got algae, we've got bacteria, we've got things that are living on and gobbling up this stuff. And then you've got the, the, the small things getting eaten by bigger things, getting eaten by bigger things. And eventually, you and I are having sushi, and we're eating some bluefin, bluefin tuna, and it's awesome. But we didn't realize that we're eating a fish that has been feeding off of critters that have been eating plastic for the last 20 years. And that, that it's called bioaccumulation, where those plastics and anything that those plastics could have absorbed, additional pesticides... Uh, additional chemicals. I mean, nobody wants to eat plastic, right? But a a microplastic, you're not going to see, smell, taste, or anything. So we're actually beginning to eat the plastics that are breaking off in this great Pacific garbage patch. And that plastic has been there for, they're they're saying 60, 70 years. So long. And and I I think that, you know, even looking at visually what's happening, everybody is up in arms about oil spills. Like, they are just the absolute worst thing in the you world. You cannot find evidence of a single oil spill in on the globe right now. And that's what I was reading about. They said, those are not the problem. Mm-mm. Now, they're a visual problem on the news. And tourism. You, because you can, yeah. yeah, and all of those things. And uh, they're a big problem for the companies that did it, who were watching their <laughs> money float away. Not an issue. Mm-mm. It, it's, the, it's the trash. Well, so, that, that, that will affect the world so much longer than the largest oil spill that's ever happened. And this is where, you know, I, I've shared with you and students would know this. I wouldn't consider myself an environmentalist, but I do consider myself a good steward of the earth. There's only one. There's no planet B, only planet earth. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize is petroleum is full of a ton of different carbon compounds and we distill it. So some of those carbon compounds are good for gasoline, some for oil, some to to make grease. Um, But a lot of that plastic can be distilled and, and we make plastic out of those carbons that come from the oil. So when you talk about an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, that's bad. But within a couple of years, there's zero evidence it ever happened. That same oil can be used to make plastics. And so we actually have indirectly giant oil spills in the middle of the ocean made from human plastic. Yeah, it, and, and it's incredible to see. These are not images that are oftentimes shown I mean, you're not seeing these on, like, the tourist signs that say, come to San Diego. Like, off the coast is the garbage patch. But you are seeing on Twitter, hashtag sustainable, I spent half afternoon in San Diego cleaning up trash. Right. As if... Now, not that that's a bad thing, but you're 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 looking at a bandaid over a bullet wound here, mm-hmm. and and I and I'm fairly new. We don't spend a lot of time in my class talking about the oceans in terms of pollution. Um, we focus on the the big ones that are easier to you know 
fine. We call it point source pollution, okay. right? And so the sort of non-point source, which I guess the Great Garbage Patch, you can kind of figure out who's what's coming from where. But tell everyone kind of where this is in case they're unfamiliar. So um, for those of us who have been to the ocean, we, we feel the wind blow. We see the, 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 the tide coming in and out. Well, there are currents, both air and, and water currents, that circle around the globe. And those currents eventually sort of create that uh, toilet bowl effect where... Uh, it's like a little whirlpool, right? Well, there you go. Thank you. I was, that's what I was trying to say. Um, and they're called, and I, <laughs> we talked about this. I always get a little nervous. Gyres? The gyre. Gyre. Gyre, I think. It's, a, it's, it's one syllable. Yeah, I gyre? think it is. From what I heard people say. Okay. Oh, I'm not an expert. No. And, well, but, obviously neither am I. Yeah. I thought he was talking about... G-Y-R-E. Uh, yeah, and, and the sandwiches? Yeah, a, 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 a gyro. Gyro, a yes. A hero. Out, out to our, our, our Greek peoples. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, as trash gets into the ocean, we see some of it get pushed back onto shore from the tide. If it, that tide's going that way, if right? If it's coming in, yeah. If yeah. it's going out, it takes it out, and once... And I don't know the math, but once it gets out beyond a certain point, it's going to get picked up by these global currents. And eventually, they're going to make this whirlpool, and it collects this trash um, in these gyres. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, and the biggest one is in the Pacific Ocean. But there's, they're, they're saying there's as many as seven. Well, and it was funny because I was, I was looking at a map of a lot of these um, currents, and you really can almost see them almost like straight lines across the globe to where some of these areas it's going to pick up a lot, and then other areas of the ocean there's going to be nothing, right? So it kind of right. falls into these pockets. So if, if you hit the right stretch of ocean mm -hmm. going across the Pacific, you'll never see any of it. You're right. And, but if you hit one particular section, you're literally not going to be able to get through it. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about Garbage Mountain, and some people have said it's the eighth continent. Um, you couldn't stand on this sort of stuff. It's, it's not as if you could plop a bunch of soil on it and build a an island on top of this mountain of plastic. There are some misnomers, right? right. And I remember th the first time I ever heard about it, they said it was twice the size of Texas. Yes. And, and, and that was the initial report that came out. But what, what I want you to maybe kind of explain is what does that actually mean? Imagine walking through a swarm of mosquitoes the size of Texas. So you've got a lot of really itty bitty tiny pieces of plastic that you and I could swim through or paddle through scooping it up is going to be a problem because how do you build a net fine enough to capture plastic but also large enough to let water and, and, and sea creatures through? And this is, what, this is what plays itself out on the internet, right? It's twice the size of Texas. People are literally mm -hmm. looking at the square area of Texas and saying, oh, the plastic reaches from, you know, you couldn't, it, it's that long, mm -hmm. right? Or it's that large. And it's, you know, yeah, but no. Right, but it, it sounds super intense, yeah. and 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 not to you know belittle the problem because it's extremely large. Mm -hmm. But I think this is where even areas like Seaspiracy, what I was reading about some of those statistics, it gets a little bit off. And as they're analyzing, you know, these studies about the size and the amount of like fishing plastics mm -hmm. per se, you know, what what they're not bringing in is what exactly they're measuring. And to be fair, it's very difficult to measure microplastics. Right. So when we talk about how much plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is fishing material. We're talking about buoyant plastic. Yeah, so we're point. talking about what's floating, yeah. which is just, and like you said, that's a small percentage. It's not that that's going to be the issue. Right. It's the microplastics you, that are getting, yeah, like fish aren't, you know. Yeah, and you can, they're not going to eat a fish net. 
Right. They are going to try to eat a bottle cap. Yeah. Although they have found them in, you know, in some of the fish, as as they were looking at opening some of their stomachs and stuff. There are fishing nets, especially whales and stuff. Well, I I showed you. Yeah, the bird You guys can't see my photo, but there are just way too many photos on the internet of dolphins, uh, seabirds, whales, and they cut those guys open, and they died of starvation, but their stomachs are full of plastic. And I don't, we would never scoop up a, a, a plastic bag and eat it thinking that it was food, but a plastic bla- bag floating in the ocean looks like a jellyfish. Yeah. And again, for those of you listening, humans are not intentionally dumping trash in the ocean. It blows out, you know, and it just happens to get in, into the ocean. So, um, but the stuff that they find, they find toothbrushes, they have found doll parts, they have found pieces of plastic toys and bicycles. Um, in fact, I, I came across this quote, and I'm, I'm always, not quote, but, but statistic, I'm always a little nervous to, 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 you know, quote some of these stats, but one of the websites even said that uh, over the course of your lifetime, you will probably eat up to 40 pounds of plastic. And that's crazy. Right. And I hope that's not true. I hope so. I mean, but the, the person on the, on the website is very attractive and... They, they must be trusted. They must be intelligent. Yeah, so that, that, sure. that has to be the case. And the thing is, guys, we're only recycling 15, we're only attempting to recycle 15% of the plastic that's been produced, which means 85% of the, I'm sorry, we're recycling 10 and we are incinerating 10. So about 80% of our plastic is either in a landfill, which is bad, or it's in the ocean. And the ocean's just so much easier to get away with. You don't and, have to look at and, it. And it's quick. I mean, you know, some of these mistakes, like we talked about, you know, BP oil and everything mm-hmm. else. But as I was reading, you know, sneakers are near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I can't believe you're <laughs> such a lame transition. Nev- never. <laughs> and I was reading, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. In 1990, a ship coming from, I think it was South Korea to the United States, dropped over 61,000 pairs of shoes in the ocean. And my heart bleeds for these shoes. But do you... Do we know if they were the right shoes? No, but they were Nikes. So I mean, that's they were least, Nikes. It's, okay, it's at least a good start. And then you had a, you were like, oh yeah, that's not. I, I was no, like, I, I was uncommon. like, oh, that's so uncommon. There's no way they're dropping that. But then, and then uh, I use this in class. Uh, uh, I was always told it was rubber duckies, like two, twenty thousand, two hundred thousand rubber duckies, which are bath toys, fell off a, a, a freight. And, and that was in 92. 92. Right? So we have 90, the sh- we, have the, right. we have the shoes, and now we got the ducks. And then what's, I don't know what happens to shoes when they hit the water. They, I'm assuming they sink eventually. I think eventually after the weight gets into the material. Okay. But the ducks don't. And they were actually able to use the, 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 the movement of these ducks to really lock in these currents. So this, this big ocean conveyor belt that we talk about, we sort of understood, but now that we have the flow pattern dude shout out to the ducks they, yeah can i pick one of those up on ebay or are there still more floating out there they have to be out there i, mean, it's, I it's, want it's a big ocean. i want one yeah now well it's it's like when you when you lose you you go into your buddy's house with some pocket change and then you come out and you realize crap my the pocket change fell into the guy's sofa and then you know his roommate's stealing your chain i mean when you lose something you know it's going to wind up in somebody else's pocket yeah. or stay in the it's in, somewhere yeah 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, just kind of wrapping up this, I think that when we, as you watch Seaspiracy, you know, there's some some statistics out there. They are going to play off the emotions of the animals for sure. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to find who's responsible for what, how many animals are actually dying, right? There is some pretty graphic imagery in Mm -hmm. there if you are into, you know, animals. And and honestly, it's kind of tough to watch a little bit. Like yeah. there, there is some brutal practices. We didn't even get into the idea of slave labor or near slave labor, which yeah. absolutely we know, we've talked about this with chocolate, yeah. is still a thing in a lot mm-hmm. of industries around the world. But pollution being what it is and plastics being what it is, the ocean is too big for us not to come back to. Right. We will be back here soon. We have to. There's too it's, much stuff. It's, it's 75% of the planet. Right. We're, we're 40 minutes in and we got to wrap this up, but there's way more. Yeah. Well, it's because you talk too much. I know. <laughs> so check out Seaspiracy if you haven't, um, not to support it or to deny it, but just to be informed and to understand this conversation. Do your own research. Before we go, hit them with the wisdom of the week. Oh, I like that. Well, you made fun of my other ones. So I'm going <laughs> to try out different ones for every week. We could get a recording. Uh, no, it's cooler to do it live. Okay, I love it. Francis Stokes, sounds important, mm. says, the sea finds out everything you did wrong. It's like your mom, right? Yes. She's always going to find out. Always. You can lie about it for a minute, but the yeah. truth will make its way out. Well, and those, those tides, they, 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 they bring back the trash that, uh, that we threw in. Or the things that we intentionally thought we were getting rid of <laughs> that wash back ashore. Yeah. Yeah. There's what, tons of, 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 of movies about you know, the bodies floating back to shore. Right. They yeah. always make their way back somehow. Always. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us this week. We appreciate it. As you can tell, we're kind of excited about this topic. We got a couple more great ones on deck as we continue to build our list here of episodes. If you haven't already, please give us a rating and a review on Apple. Um, We are also available on Spotify. Throw us on your story. We'll repost you. Appreciate you guys joining us here with this. And until next week, Josh, stop polluting. Save the turtles.